Hello, my name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. We are live with the Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining me today. I have such a fantastic show for you today. Um, this is a really, really special occasion. I'm going to introduce my amazing guest in just a minute here. Uh, if you are new to the show, then by all means, welcome. My name is Dominique Drew. I am your host. I am your guide. I am your Sherpa up the mountain of self-discovery and authenticity. And we focus here. Uh, we bounce around a lot, actually. It's uh, essentially for single men uh, who are looking to attract a life partner or are single and don't know why. Um, however, in recent times, I've opened up to working with women, to working, focusing on uh, business owners and CEOs. And the process is exactly the same because here we don't really look so much at you know what you're doing wrong. Uh, why you're why you're single as far as you know the dating apps or your profile or things like that. But instead, what I'm uh, what I've studied for the last twenty years is an incredibly powerful process that helps you to uh, see where it is that you're actually holding yourself back from what you want. Now, the process doesn't change depending on what you want. So if you want what you want is more clients or more business or more money or uh, more love, more happiness, more spirituality, more fulfillment, whatever it is that you seek, if you do not have it, then there is something that you are doing that is keeping you from it. That might seem like a pretty extreme statement for some of you, but um, my guest here today is going to, I think, <laughs> blow that out of the water just a little bit. So um, my guest, I am so, so, so excited to have him on, is a beloved client of mine, Aaron. Um, we've worked together for quite some time. He was a member of my Art of Attraction program for men, um, which was actually the very first program that I ever uh, created. And um, so we're just going to go ahead and dive in. Aaron, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I, you know, I really... Uh, and looking forward to having the opportunity to just give back to your program and just share like my experience like that's just been so uh, helpful. I mean, being a part of your group, you know, I've established a new level of trust um, that I was really afraid to um, enter into. You know, I think probably one of the first things you're talking about, like, when we're going to have this discussion is like, my reaction when I first got onto the program, um, I was really just like very afraid, um, just generally. And um, I think a large component of that was like being able to, um, yeah, have that trust with uh, Dominique. And she just, you just gave me all of your, um, you know, energy and um, focus. And I realized that I didn't have to hold back, you know, I, I could just, um, you know, kind of let you uh, uh, guide me to the right direction that I needed. So mm, that warms my heart. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, we were talking uh, just before we started the recording um, about, where was I going with that? Um, about how you developed. And I'm just sitting here thinking, um, you know, tell me if this feels true for you or not, that, you know, when you first joined with me, the idea of being on camera with me, just doing this at all, I feel like would have just been like a total non-starter for you of just like kind of shooting out of your body. Because since fear is, as you said, the area of struggle. That's, that's true. Yeah. It's funny because I um, grew up doing a lot of theater. Mm. So being on stage wasn't as bad, but when you're on a Zoom, 
you know, it's like you're right there, you know, there's no um, hiding from the camera or the going backstage recording device. Yes. So, but yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, one of the biggest things that really got me to a place of comfort was uh, finding grounding. Mm. Uh, when we went over the personality types, I realized that um, I had, you know, um, some characteristics with um, different personalities, but mainly the schizoid. Mm-hmm. And um, I really noticed it in my martial arts. Oh. I really struggled to like hold ground. Like, yes, when I got out on the mat, people would move me. And I realized that that was the same thing with me in like relationships or even friendships is like not having a good boundary of what I needed or who I was and sort of staying rooted in what um, I wanted. So let me uh, let me define what you're saying a little bit for the people who aren't familiar with the with the terms. So the the schizoid character that um, Aaron's referring to um, is one of the five personality patterns um, that distorts into a defense in reaction to something that happened as a child. So um, if you haven't, um, as a listener, if you guys haven't heard the episodes that I have done on the five personality patterns, this one is in the withdrawal pattern, um, which is another name for the schizoid. They're the same thing. Um, and grounding, as you're as you're saying, Erin, is really about being yeah finding that rooting in in who you are, right? So I really want to know more about um, what that was like for you. Let's kind of start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Where were you when you first um, found the program and and decided to join? Um, I think I was really um, trying to find myself. Um, it it sort of been a long journey and finding what I wanted to do career-wise, but also relationships. I mean, that was something that I really had been yearning for uh, quite some time. And I just realized, you know, there's sort of certain points you hit in your life where you realize you're at a plateau. Um, and, you know, you've done, like, as, as you said on podcasts before, like you've done everything that you could rationally do. <laughs> and there's still some ceiling that you can't break through. And um, you know, listening to Dami's podcast, that was kind of the entry point. Like, it made me realize that there was something outside of my rational capabilities that I couldn't reach without um, having that guidance. Mm. Um, and, of course, once I got into the program, I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my body, from my inner guidance system. Um, but, essentially, you know, when I started with you, I was it was kind of like a last resort. And I think one of the things that really helped me was kind of that whole diving into the program, just like head first going into it, because I knew if I took the safe route and just sort of eased my way into it, you know, it would give me the opportunity to do it halfway, mm. like half-assed, but also, um, you know, I just wouldn't, um, I would have the opportunity to pull pull back, you know, because schizoid, it's like you want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> the flight response, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, you know, kind of going off of what you had mentioned earlier, um, the financial component actually was a way that helped me stay focused, actually, because I made such an investment, you know, to join the program mm-hmm. that I realized, you know, like, I need to make this count. And I really, you know, um, put the effort in for that reason at first, but then, you know, um, I already believed in the material. So Mm -hmm. that of course grew as well. I appreciate you saying that because that, um, that's actually one of the reasons why the investment is where it is. Uh, it started out um, much lower, and uh, people weren't investing. They didn't get they didn't get the results. The material worked, so when they focused on the material, they got the results. But oftentimes they wouldn't, and so um, and so that's actually that's that's in, in, intentional and and um, you know for the for the best all around. It really does make a difference to your guys's work. Um, I remember we were talking just again before the recording and about uh, the the reaction that you had to the um, to committing and then wanting to pull out, and that's actually something that's incredibly um, that's that's common. 
um, for me. And they'll get on the phone with me after and be like, oh my God, I just made this thing. And even there's a couple of different things with this. And of course, you're familiar with this by this point, um, uh, which is that once you make the commitment to change, like whether that's putting your credit card down or just deciding that you're going to put your credit card, you know, or like whatever, like whatever jump leap you make, life starts throwing shit at you. You know, like all this stuff is like, oh, we're working on that. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, work on this and this and this and this and this. And, and things start getting a little, a little chaotic. I don't know. Did that happen for you at all? Yeah, it's well. And I think, you know, the big point for me is like, I realized that it doesn't go away. Like life will always start throwing things at you. And it's really about understanding your priorities. Mm. Um, when I started going through your program, I realized how often I was putting myself last. And then I wondered, you know, why I was exhausted, why I was frustrated. Um, I was doing things that weren't really my responsibility in many cases, you know, whether it was like for friends or for a relationship or just people that I met on the street, you know, it's really important to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did that, like it helped me to realize you know, I need to dedicate my time to this program so that I can make those improvements. Um, and I've noticed that too with other things like that are important to me. You know, I really am passionate about like music mm, yeah. and I'd always sweep it under the rug and I wonder why I feel so depressed. It's mm. like, because I never let myself do the things that I love doing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit of that. So yeah. That's been my um, experience view in, in so many ways. And I'm remembering as you're talking some of the early, early sessions of just exploring being in your body. Um, there was a, there was a pretty big anxiety piece, wasn't there? Oh yeah. I yeah. think, um, you know, it's, it's something that can still rise to the surface, but I kind of understand now I understand the boundaries of um, what will rise up in my system. Mm. You know, I, I can recognize that anxiety when it comes through and I know how to not deal with it, but like how to interact with it. Um, you know, I remember one time we, we did a, a, a game where I had a certain feeling and a lot of times I would try and piece it, piece it apart. I tried to explain it in all these different words and, and we played the yes/no game. And you'd probably be better explaining it than me, but um, you know, it, it just helped me deal, deal with a lot of that inner resistance that I didn't even realize was there. Excuse me, was there and was building up a lot of my inner anxiety. Mm. By yes/no game, do you mean that's all you were allowed to say? Right. Mm-hmm. It it helped me get past my mental bullshit. I don't, Um, (laughs) which like, I didn't realize you're so used to telling yourself all of these things that you don't realize there's another way to think. Um, and so when I was just forced to say yes or no to a feeling like one example would be, um, if I liked a girl Mm -hmm. that I'm like talking to or dating, um, a lot of times I would try and uh, tiptoe around the subject and be like, well, I don't want to offend you. Well, I don't know how I feel. And you would ask me a question point blank and just say, all I can say is yes or no. Mm-hmm. And um, something about that just helped me realign with my inner guidance system. Um, and then also, you know, we would say, you know, how do you feel about that reaction you have internally. And that also kind of helps you tune into the judgment side of things. Like, am I judging myself for feeling a certain way? Mm. Um, Which I didn't realize how much I would do that. Um, And so that's a lot of times that that can contribute to you not feeling safe in your own experience because you're constantly judging yourself for everything you do. It's like, no wonder you're always doubting your capabilities, you know, mm-hmm. as you know, speaking about myself personally. 
Can you say more about that feeling unsafe? Maybe how it used to be or how it's different now? Yeah, I'd say the best thing about allowing yourself to feel a certain way is it gives you room to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my anxiety, especially socially, would be compounded by me saying no to a way I felt. Um, If I was attracted to a woman at a cocktail party, I'd tell myself, oh, you know, you, you know, you have a whole story that you build up and you say either you don't deserve her or you shouldn't be thinking about that. And all that does is uh, stuff that feeling down. But that energy has to go somewhere. Mm. And so it intensifies your anxiety because it's being contained. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting yourself just be free, like it doesn't mean you necessarily have to confront that woman and say, I, I like you. It's just about allowing yourself to feel that. So, yeah, that um, that uh, that we could maybe call saying yes to yourself, um, in the way of allowing what is authentic to be there. Um, someone, uh, someone I worked with at at some point, I think. Um, that, that exact situation came up where he was attracted to someone that he, he couldn't have for one reason or another and, and restricted even the desire. And so I helped him sort of just, just kind of point out like, well, the desire is fine. You're going to have, you know, if you get married and have four beautiful children, you're still going to desire, you know, other women, even if you are in a monogamous relationship or something like that. And that's okay. Right. The difference between sort of that and actually acting on it, which may be outside of your the rules of your relationship, in which case they may be outside of your integrity, you know, out of your integrity. Um, but, but to allow yourself to feel, and that is something that I feel that you have done so beautifully that that diffuseness that you're describing is absolutely uh, typical of the um, schizoid defense. Right. It's like it's not the underlying belief there is something around it's the life isn't safe or it's not safe to be here or it's not safe to be me, something really like fundamental and, and really huge. Um and the defense is flight, right? Which in humans you might stand where you're standing, but energetically you, you know, you kind of leave your body. Um and I remember that being something that really came up a lot for you in the in the early days. Um and it's funny, I isn't that so fascinating? I'd forgotten about the overtalking. And that was like, that was a long time for you, wasn't it? It's like you would just sort of say these words, and it was a sign of, as you just said, diffuseness, right? You would diffuse instead of just being like, yeah, be like, like, Aaron, 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 do you like her? Like, do you just like her? <laughs> You'd be like, oh, well, well, here's the thing. So I, and I, I do, I, I do, I do, except that I not really. And then it was like, that was the point of the yes, no game. But I find it so remarkable that I had actually forgotten about that because you just, you, you don't do that anymore. And it, it's such a relief. Sometimes, you know, you need that friend to be like, look, just give me a straight answer. <laughs> dude, dude, dude stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you, a lot of times you can get caught in that, that, that wheel. And uh, I, I was going to say something else that really um, was a paradigm shift for me, too. And a lot of this was from me reading, um, I guess, some of like the Taoism philosophy mm. was um, kind of getting your hand caught in the jar, phenomenon, like cookie jar. Um, basically, another way that you can judge yourself unconsciously is when you're trying to make those changes. A lot of times you think, Oh, you know, I should have changed or I should be doing better. Like one thing that I was trying to work on is being comfortable in my own voice. You know, a lot of times because I was trying to be so agreeable, Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I get in this um, habit of talking in a higher because I was just trying to be really agreeable, oh, like yeah, that's right. customer service level. <laughs> it was like I, just, I despised it. You know, I was like, "You got to stop this, man!" And um, it was interesting because that was a mask or a defense that I would put up when I felt uncomfortable. 
And I really had trouble overcoming it until I realized that I was judging myself having that defense. I was judging myself for like for that coming up. Um, and so it's hard to explain, but you might be able to explain it better. But basically, when I let myself have that reaction and just gave myself that space to, um, you know, have those moments where I might not be my best. Yeah. Maybe some self-forgiveness. I was able to relax. Yeah. And that was the, the goal. The mm-hmm. goal wasn't to stop talking that, you know, caricature voice. The goal was to relax. And if anyone tries to tell you, you know, damn it, relax. Like, <laughs> Strange that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but the relaxing because that there's uh, it's right. It's another another piece of the schizoid that you're reminding me of, which is uh, significant amounts of tension. I mean, all defenses will carry some some level of tension in some way, but the schizoid I think is is really known for it uh, tension in in the body. Right. It's like. Um... I realized there was just another way I was saying no to myself instead of just letting myself, um, you know, be, be me, you know, like not always trying to confine, um, how I reacted, things like that. You know, um, it's amazing. Like the amount of freedom that you feel when you understand how much you put yourself in a box. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things you really helped me understand was like what I was doing unconsciously to myself. You know, I put myself in a cage and then, you know, but I didn't even see it, you know, so. Yeah. That's how it felt to me too. When I was going through this as a student, I mean, I still do it as a student, but it was so, it was so constricted all by me. I was never constricted pretty much by anybody else. I just saw what they were doing and constricted myself because I, you know, it wasn't okay to be me for whatever reason. I was afraid to do that. Yeah, I mean, and that gets into um, also something that um, the program really helped me to understand was just boundaries in general. Um, you know, like, like you were saying with schizoid, that can be a really hard thing to understand and then hold up once yeah. you have learned it. Um, I realized, you know, why I felt so exhausted in most situ- excuse me, social situations was because, you know, I had this tendency to merge with the other person mm. and just basically cater to their needs and forget who I am. Like, mm. it's like, I'll, I'll just kind of become you know, a wall in the background because I'm just letting the other person exist and like focusing on what they need. So yeah, I guess the really the important thing to setting your boundaries is first learning that inner guidance system of what do I want? What do I need? What feels important to me? When you're able to first tap into that, then that gives you some kind of understanding of when other people may be pulling on, on you. Um, another thing with boundaries is like taking responsibility for things that aren't um, your responsibility in the first place. Mm-hmm. And a really simple example with that is um, there's this woman um, at a place I used to work and she's a front desk lady, very nice. Um, and most mornings we would say hello and, um, some mornings I would say hello and, you know, she might give me this evil look if she was having a bad day. Mm. And I started noticing progress with Tommy's program because, um, initially I would have taken responsibility for that. Taken it personally. I started Mm. to notice like, oh, that's your issue. Mm. And I can, you know, within my power offer to help but it's not really my responsibility to make her feel better like that's something that she needs to go through that's her journey mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times it's important to be honest with yourself because sometimes a person needs 
that that space or perhaps that honesty from you to grow in their own way that they need to. You know, um, obviously you want to be respectful, but you know, like if you don't feel attraction for a girl and you know you've been on a first date, being able to say, you know what, really enjoyed meeting up, but you know, I'm you know, not interested in pursuing this relationship. Mm -hmm. I I remember this just one girl that, you know, I didn't end up um, dating long-term, but I saw, like, how she progressed afterwards. Like, you know, I'm not sure if it was our interaction or something else, but, you know, she probably went through a hard place and had to readjust and then became a much stronger person. Really? You know, I, I see her on, I saw her on LinkedIn. I was like, wow, she's like really killing it. And, you know, I'm just like happy for people that can, you know, go through those, um, those journeys and yeah, come out the other end. Yes. So that's a sidebar. <laughs> that's great. I love that because that is, um, a great example, just as, as you were using it, um, of, of why being real is more valuable than being nice, right? When nice is not how you authentically feel, right? A lot of people might be like, oh, you know, just, you know, can always, can always be nice. You were never not nice to the desk lady, but like not taking it personally. This isn't about you. It's just like, she's having her day. And like she, and, and sometimes if you, you know, I have a, a number of people, I think in the group who, who will try to like be really overly nice to women that they're not really that interested in. And it's like, you're not really doing her any favors. I mean, she doesn't want to, with somebody who doesn't really like her and she might be doing something. It's like, you know, there's so much value in seeing how people respond to you, you know, um, whether women kind of like walk all over you or women are interested for a week and then they lose interest. It's like whatever your pattern is, that says something about you. And that gives you an opportunity to work on whatever it is. You clear what the problem is and suddenly the, the issue is gone, right? Um, did you resonate a lot with the nice guy type of paradigm when you first came? Yeah, I think um, I realized that, you know, I've had to sort of play the role. Maybe not, not had to, but um, I felt um, that need to yeah, play the peacemaker. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think part of the, I guess the nice guy complex would be like, merging with the other person um, and forgetting what you need. I guess it depends. I guess sometimes people are nice in a way to manipulate. Mm. Of my intention was never to manipulate, but uh, maybe subconsciously, I'm not sure. But um, I think partly, you know, I guess I could have been perceived as, as nice um, because I would... Yeah, try to please the other person, um, appease them. Yeah. Um, and then I would for, uh, forget what I needed, you know, and things like, you know, a girl texted me late at night. I wonder, oh, what should I do? What should I text her back? It's like, dude, if you're tired, yeah, go to bed. It's just, you know, like taking care of yourself. Um, I think that's the biggest struggle I had in being nice was like, I had no idea of who Aaron was mm. because I was giving myself to everybody. Like everybody had a little piece of me, but I didn't have any. So. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is such a huge, that is such a huge, just that one bridge that you have made. And you've made a lot of them, but even just that one is such a paradigm shifting, you know, change just from giving yourself away to not giving yourself away. And the strength of self that you have now as a result of that, you know, the fact that you're like totally in your body here as we're, as we're even talking now, you know. And it didn't sort of like shoot out. And, and and I think that was probably a lot of what was causing the anxiety or um or the, the nervousness, certainly the diffuseness of of not, you know, afraid to be here. So I'll kind of be everywhere. 
Um, and, and in those, you know, the yes and no example or whatever, you know, you, you, there, there's like a condensing, um, of you. And, and as a result for me, as, as I see you, it's like, I can see you so much better. I can feel you in this conversation. I remember early days, I wouldn't be able, I could feel you being diffuse. Um, cause it's kind of what I do, but I think if I didn't, this is, I wouldn't have felt you at all. Um, and there's such a, a great being there to see, you know? Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's sort of, I mean, that's the thing is that, um, you know, I really had to, um, be able to trust you such a great deal. Mm. Um, and like it came back to me tenfold mm. because I guess, um, I don't know what I'm wanting to jump into next, but, um, I guess one of the things that I really appreciated about, um, your help was like, just the fact that, um, you were always there to answer our questions, you know, mm. um, you never would leave us hanging or anything like that. It's, you know, I think too, you go, I always appreciated how you would appreciate men. Like, not, you know, it's, I don't know if it's something you think, I'm trying to think about the best way to articulate it. Maybe you have a better way of mm. tackling that topic, but I mean, just being able to, I guess there was a lot of guilt that I was feeling for being a man mm. and wanting certain things. Not that it's because of any kind of thing that's going on nowadays, but, you know, um, I guess it just made me realize that men and women should work together. It seems like they're always butting heads. Yeah. And I mean, it made me realize, like, why are we always fighting? Like, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I just, I loved how you were, like, really invested in helping mm. them. Like, and, um, you know, I was talking with one of the guys in the group, and I was like, not about who necessarily has the upper hand in dating or this or that. It's like, we all have our own personal pain. It's about being able to respect that and, um, sh- you know, share in that understanding, like, you know, just because I'm going through a certain thing doesn't mean you aren't, you know, so um, hopefully I'll explain that, you know, effectively. No, I think that's really great. Um, to own yours and respect the others, maybe. Because I think, just as you were talking about the, the um, guilt about being a man, um, and that's not uncommon. Um, you know, owning what's what you carry that's healthy masculinity and what you carry that's distorted masculinity and working working through like in a way i don't know if you, this sort of rings true for you there may have been a way in the in the beginning where you were almost afraid of or intimidated by the possibility of your own masculinity that hasn't really come up for me before but just as you're saying it that's what's kind of coming to mind um yeah i think it's sometimes you may feel perhaps um like you're not entitled to that, you know, mm. it's like, um, whoever is saying it, you know, you get these messages that, um, you know, you have to, yeah, uh, contain those desires, those, those needs, those wants. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think, like you said, honoring what you feel is about being able to access those emotions because then from that place, you can engage with them. Yes. And you don't necessarily control them, but you perhaps um, you're able to have agency. Yes. I think a lot of times you try and say, well, I shouldn't feel angry. Um, then that only shoves the anger down. Yes. <laughs> and that manifests it in other ways that you have no control over. You basically disconnected from that part of yourself. So now it's going to do what it has to do to express that anger. Um, 
um, I, I watched this really interesting miniseries. I think it was called, oh, Alias Grace. Hmm. Um, I won't get into the details, but uh, it's like a miniseries on Netflix, and it talks about sort of that topic, um, except it's, it's regarding a woman's perspective, but she had all this anger, hmm. and it had to manifest somehow. And um, it ends up um, coming out very, in a very negative way. But um, long story short, like I realized part of my grounding came from accessing that anger inside of me. It wasn't malicious anger. It was anger that was saying, I need to take care of Aaron. Mm. You know, so. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That is what it's about right there. And it really is about power, isn't it? I used to not, I don't know if you know, I, I never got angry. Uh, not never. I did it as a very small child. And then from about seven to about 20, for about 13 years there, I never got angry. Um, and I had to learn. I had to relearn through this work, really kind of the same way you did, to uh, to get angry. And for the first few times, they'd we have this tennis racket exercise, which is phenomenal, where you just like hold really it with helps. both hands. It really helps. Oh, my gosh. Um and, you know, it, it, it's the arching back of the spine and then the kind of like slamming down of the, of the tennis racket and it makes this fam- fabulously loud noise um, and, you, and you sort of let, let noise out and I couldn't do it. I would like get angry in, in the, you know, talking with my healer and then she'd be like, okay, you know, get the tennis racket and I'd be like, okay. And I'd get up and tell the tennis racket and I would just burst into tears. I would just collapse because I was so schizoid that I couldn't hold that much power because there's power in anger. I couldn't hold that much power in my field. I would opt out. And partially also because I think I, it was unsafe or I had decided that it was unsafe for me to be angry because of my family situation or whatever that was, that damage was kind of done. And so I had to kind of relearn, but I, I just, I would opt out and collapse into tears um, because tears were something that was safe at that point in my family. Um, I could be sad. I got sympathy if I was sad, but I got rejected if I was angry because that's a less like socially acceptable reaction to things. Wow, that's yeah, it's amazing. And I, I think that's the, I mean, I don't want to say necessarily cool thing, but it's like you realize that there are very, it's, it's almost very literal. Like people think, oh, emotions, they're, you know, just blah. Mm. But it's like, no, there's like very clear dynamics yes. that are objective. Yes. I mean, it's uh, like, like I was saying, you know, that motion has energy and that energy has to go somewhere. It's law of, I can't remember, you know, matter, you know, has, can neither be created nor destroyed. Yes. What is that? Is that entropy? It's one of the laws of thermodynamics, I think. <laughs> Where's Joshua when you Obviously, need him? I remember a lot of my physics class in college. I know. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, if you know the answer, anybody, maybe we'll get an answer on, on uh, Facebook Live. Somebody can. I bet Josh would know that. Josh would definitely know the answer to that question. Um, Josh talked about physics. and, and our, Josh is another uh, wonderful client of mine. And he actually... Um, talked about physics in the very first uh he actually was just just checked in five minutes ago on facebook live they're all saying hi uh (laughs) clients are coming out and saying hi um and uh so yeah i can't remember but um joshua if you're still listening tell us what the law of uh, thermodynamics is that uh where energy oh see joshua said thermodynamics bam i'm smart how about that all right yeah but which one we know it's thermodynamics which one (laughs) Have you guys both on at the same time? You can duke it out over physics. That's fantastic. It was great. I got to geek out around about like psychology and spirituality and physics all in the same conversation. This is good. You're gonna have to come on every time, Aaron. <laughs> I know for me, I, I always just love talking about philosophy, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's so good, it. right? I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, I just got excited. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite, what, uh, what favorite bit of philosophy do you have right now that's, um, that you've been reading about or exploring? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, right now, well, I started, I think it's maybe in five or so years that I've started doing martial arts. Mm-hmm. 
And that really turned me on to just the Eastern way of, of, um, of living life. Um, you know, Taoism, but um, you know, also Buddhism. Um, obviously, these are things that I'm approaching um, from a Western point of view, mm-hmm. but um, it helped me to understand. Well, where should I start? Such a big topic. Right. <laughs> um, See where you're drawn in the moment. Let your let your kind of consciousness or your body kind of guide you a little bit. See what comes up authentically. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting thinking about, you know, how perhaps Western and Eastern philosophy can complement each other. Mm. Um, there's this one book I really want to read called Eastern Body, Western Mind. Mm. Um, I'm not sure... I can't remember who the author is, but um, I'm already into that. Yeah, it's uh, something that my drama teacher assigned to me, and, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll have to read it. But um, you know, it it just um, I, I grew up a Roman Catholic. You know, I since then I really like to explore all worlds of thought. You know, and really just learn more about spirituality in general. Do you still identify as Roman Catholic out of curiosity? Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, sorry? Do you still identify as Roman Catholic? Um, not, no, I wouldn't say formally I do. I, I don't go to church regularly. Um, though I, of course, appreciate that perspective. You know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, as long as you're not hurting yourself or someone else or me, you know, it's like, do what's important to you, but yeah, um, I think you know I may still have um, I had that context growing up, and um, my parents, you know, they're they're more Roman Catholic, um, but I think one of the things I realized that I had learned in that world of thought was um, sort of what we had talked about earlier, which is um, containing your feelings, um, sort of not allowing yourself to have to, to exist really, uh, at least that that's been my experience. Mm. You know, I'm sure there's probably ways that I was um, holding myself back that maybe didn't pertain to that, uh, religion, but, um, one of the things is kind of that classic Christian guilt. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> I'm attracted to that woman, but I should not feel attracted, you know? Um, but I realized like, yeah. just apologizing for being from the very beginning. Is that, Oh, sorry. Just apologizing for being from the very start. Just like, I'm, I'm so sorry yeah. about this. I'm just... That's the thing. I just, I kind of had this classic like Christian guilt that I didn't even realize was there. And, um, so basically um, yeah, having this program and also yeah, exploring those um, philosophies like Taoism really gave me an understanding of like there's an internal um, environment that you have to allow. You have to allow it to regulate itself. Mm-hmm. You don't try and control it or you know force it into a certain thing. I mean, obviously, there's great importance in discipline, uh, but there's, I guess, a difference between um, putting yourself in shackles and disciplining yourself. Mm. I mean, discipline is supposed to be about encouraging growth and encouraging freedom. Um, but when you start shutting yourself down, like I, I realized that I was numb a lot of times. Mm. Because I wasn't allowing myself to feel anything uh, for fear of offending someone or doing something that was bad. Mm. Like, I don't know if this is something you might like to discuss, but just the whole concept of good and bad. Mm. Um, it's, it's not a thing. I mean, obviously, I definitely believe in like basic principles of morality. But um, with that said, there's a lot of times, you know, in certain situations, You'll go into a date, for instance, and you'll think, oh, is this the right thing or the wrong thing to do? 
And usually that's not even a question to ask. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause all the rules are, are, I mean, it's, it's like they're, <laughs> I have some, I have some, sometimes when I would go out on dates, um, I think guys would get kind of nervous because they would have seen that I was a dating coach. They're like, oh God, I'm being judged. I have to be like, I I don't really know anything about dating. Like you don't have to worry about it. I don't even know the rules. And they would say something like, I've had guys say this to me a couple of times. Like, oh yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't have said that. And I was like, what do you mean you shouldn't have said that? He's like, oh, I just, cause I just mentioned my ex and you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, really? What else are you not supposed to do? Like, I'm still like, what are the, yeah. I was like, what are the, what are the rules that you're like not supposed to? And he was, <laughs> I remember having this conversation one time with this guy over a beer and he was looking at me like I was crazy. And I was just like, I'm so interested in like what's happening in your, in your head. Like what rules are you carrying around? Like not talking about your exes. Like, do you, are, are you like, is it like wearing a white dress to a wedding? Like you're trying to try to like, continue the charade like am i like are you trying to convince me in some level that you've never had a girlfriend before me because i'm 36 and at this point if you've never had somebody then like that's 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 a little bit that's a different you know in other words i have no issue with you talking about your exes like by all means I, i assume that you have some if you don't that's fine but are you trying to convince me that you don't like what actually is a thing um but yeah the 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 good the good versus bad um do you mind if i do you mind if I throw something in? That's a little bit like something I'd say on a coaching call. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so when you started talking about philosophy, um, what, what happened in your, in your body? Like, are you, as, are you grounded the way you were before? Or do you feel a shift? Oh, let me think. Um, I guess there was a little bit of nerves because a lot of times, you know, being honest, I, I don't feel like I get to really talk about the things that fascinate me. Mm. Usually I'm always having, and not that I don't enjoy listening to other people talk about their things, but a lot of times it's like, I don't really get to dig into my thoughts and express them, you know, and it's really fun to be able to just have this exchange and like, someone's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff too. Mm. That is super awesome. Um, what I was perceiving as you were speaking, and I, I didn't see the nervousness, but I did see you kind of um, leave a little bit and sort of go out into thought. And as you were doing that, your uh, vibration kind of went up. You were starting to talk about more uh, ethereal uh, topics, right? And right. what I was seeing, and this is just a little bit more of, a, of an advanced um, thing for you here, when you're, you go to those higher levels of thought and of being where you are naturally very comfortable. So I'm just going to use as a teachable moment here. So the schizoid, so every, every defense system, it's just a defense system. It's something you do when you feel unsafe. It's not who you are, who you are. Um, you, you distort into a defense system. So you're not like, I'm someone who leaves you leave because it's scary, but you also have a tendency like to be more comfortable in the ethereal. And so that's why you distort into the schizoid. Uh, the aggressive para- uh, character is more comfortable in his power. So he overdoes being in his power. One's not better than the other. It, it doesn't matter. But your gift is naturally going to be those higher levels, right? That's, that's where you're comfortable. So you kind of lit up a little bit, which is really great. So my invitation for you here um, would uh, like a, a next kind of level. Um, in this is to be able to hold your ground and raise that level. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So you don't need to disconnect when you go high. There's disconnecting and leaving, which is going up physically right out of your body, or you can just, you can exist. You can raise your, uh, vibration, or you can become become the ethereal, but stay connected to your body, so you can visit those realms with yourself instead of leaving yourself in order to go to them. Yeah, I mean, not really. You know, speaking of um, you know studying Eastern religion, I think one of the biggest things that I've really learned so much from is meditation, mm. because. You know, in certain practices, it's about creating that space. And um, for me, I know holding a large amount of space for energy like that to pass through 
was very intimidating for me. Mm. I don't remember if, 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 excuse me, I don't recall if you, um, you remember when I told you, like, I did a meditation and I was like, oh my gosh, that was really a like scary experience. And you're like, what? That, you know, um, when you was, held power. Was, yeah. Cause, um, you know, going through meditation, like, uh, you have to be able to sort of sit there and be present. Mm. And something about that stillness can be very jarring mm. to someone who's so used to filling their mind with all these words and all these thoughts. Um, I, I see it a lot in, like my dad, because my dad, he's very like hyperactive. Um, uh, you know, he's very intelligent. I mean, he's, he's a physician, but um, I realized from doing that meditation it was a way for me to practice holding that space through which bigger emotions like that kind of excitement could pass through and I could still hold my ground. Mm. But I mean, also in other situations too, you know, if you're needing to uh, hold on to your power um, to set a boundary, like a lot of that stuff was tough for me to do because of the schizoid, um, you know, personality. Yeah. Yeah, that is huge. That connection that you talk about, I'd be fascinated to hear uh, the 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 philosophical. I mean, I'm sure there's so much around that because that is is truly the ability to feel life, to experience life. So when that disconnect happens, in fact, the purpose of disconnecting is so that you don't have to feel anymore. Right. And, and that's interesting that you mentioned that now. Like I, I realized that I was running away from feelings. Like I was afraid of the feelings. But that is how I would connect to the world around me. So it's like no wonder I felt so much disconnection from people. It's why you can feel lonely in a room full of people. Oh, yeah. That happened to me all the time. Yeah. It's like starving in a grocery store. Yes. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah. And watching yourself starve and watching the people being around being like, am I fucking crazy? What is, what is, why? I remember feeling that too. I remember being on a train surrounded with people and being like, I've never felt more alone. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, these are things that, you know, you don't really pick up on until you're able to tune into that internal world. But I mean, that's something that your program gave me that foundation on which I could build that understanding. Yeah. Um, I mean, something else, too, that we were discussing before we got on the call was um, how the mind can be so convincing. It, You know, um, a lot of people who have that sort of intellectual defense, they'll live there. But the intellectual, at least in my experience, only has certain parameters. Mm. It sort of can help you reach a better understanding of what's already on the plate. But the thing is, when you're able to tune into your body and perhaps even tune into other people, that gives you new data that you otherwise wouldn't be able to access through your mind or through mm. rationalization. Yeah. It's almost a difference between uh, knowledge and wisdom, isn't it? Yes. Actually, that's really, yeah, that's really true. Um, I didn't think about that until now, but. Or knowing and an intuition, although I suppose the word knowing could kind of be used uh, either way there. But the the knowledge being like, okay, I now I've, I've learned something. I mean, I often say to people when they first join the program, like this isn't about making you smarter. Like there's nothing that you don't know. I just, I gave this keynote speech out in California this one time and, and the, the whole thing was just, it was like the success conference and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't need to stand up here and tell you how to be successful. I don't. You can read that shit on the internet. It is everywhere. And you know what? So is reaching enlightenment. Okay, you already know that you need to have a gratitude practice and that you're happier when you're grateful and why. And all of that stuff is 100% available to everybody. It's not a lack of knowledge. You know all of the answers and you just don't do it anyway. That's where I specialize. (laughs) Why, with all the knowledge, am I still not there? Okay, now we're talking, you know? Well, exactly. Because, you know, if uh, someone, 
isn't st- making strides towards what they want or what they love, you know, that's, you know, it, it only makes sense that they would um, work towards those things, not, you know, sit on the couch or procrastinate. There's some kind of block, yeah. you know, that they're not understanding quite yet that, um, you know, they need to traverse to get through to their goals. Yeah. Yeah, to get out of their own way, right? And you're, I mean, just just the, the knowledge and wisdom thing again. It's like you have you have the knowledge that's not doing it. The reason we go straight into the body, and I always sort of laugh at myself. I'm like, people are like hiring me to like help them find a girlfriend. I'm like, great. Like, what's happening in your hips? What's happening? What's happening in your belly? <laughs> and they're just like, and it's funny. Nobody ever, nobody ever is just like, that's really stupid. But I always think that I'm like, yeah, it probably seems really stupid. Like, but it's but it's exactly that. It's like here's the actual problem. You're not, you don't have a hard time meeting women. There are women everywhere. We are everywhere. You know, it's the fact that you see one of us that you actually want. You turn and run the other way. And the reason why you do that is in fact, you know, resides in your body. That's that dives right into the realm of wisdom and out of the realm of knowledge. Yeah. And I think too is like, you know, speaking to what we were discussing earlier, you know, if you see a woman and you feel fear. Uh, not judging yourself for it. Yeah. You know, allowing yourself to feel that. Um, and, you know, feel, having strategies to perhaps um, practice overcoming that fear. But, you know, being gentle, gentle with yourself. Um, I think that's really where you can make a lot of progress. Um, because if you beat yourself up every time you make a mistake, you know, your, your body's going to be like, well, why, why should I bother? You know, yeah. It's about like letting yourself go through those experiences. And, um, you know, even if you fail, you're making an effort. You're, you're making strides. You're putting yourself out there. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's really what deserves the pat on the back. You know, the result is just a byproduct. Mm. You know, it's really starts with, with you, you know. Piggyback on that. Uh, tell us about the exercise you set for yourself recently and have been doing super consistently for the last what month? It's been a while. Yes, I was going to say I, I um, I've taken a little break, but I did it for at least a month or two. Yeah, it was a long time. I think I'd like to get back into it. Mm. Um, it it's really kind of a great way to fight that fear. I, I've seen people on YouTube channels kind of recommend this as well. But the basic rundown is, you know, you create a practice of, of consistency. Um, so I kind of chose a bracket of like, like an age group, like say 20 to like, you know, 35, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I try to approach a woman of that age group uh, once a day and minimum is just say hello. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to do. And it makes the goal really easy, which means then you can start becoming consistent and create that habit. And once you're able to create the habit, then you can be able to fine tune it. I realized that the thing I used to get, I used to get myself in a pickle because I try to make it perfect before I'd even started. Yeah, I had that one too. It's a great so, form, of, great form of self sabotage. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like I don't think it's bad to necessarily set like a low bar, you know, for yourself to build that consistency, you know, it, and allowing yourself to bomb, you know, like I had a few awkward moments when I when I was doing this like exercise, but there was so almost a power in like not caring, like. It was awkward, but I didn't. It didn't bother me. Like I moved on with my day, and so like it didn't become a thing. Yep. Um, but you know, kind of the funny thing that we talked about too was when I took a break from this um, exercise, I just naturally started wanting to talk to people, anyways. Hmm. Like I'd be standing in line, and I was just like, "Oh well, there's dead time. I'll just start talking to this this girl." Like, and it was spontaneous. Like that was the thing that yes. kind of surprised me because 
I'm kind of a classic introvert. I, you know, try to keep the blinders on all that stuff. But um, the fact that I almost created like a new default for myself of just, you know, engaging with people freely, not for any reason. Um, you know, I've noticed too, people that are very extroverted, at least in my experience, tend to more freely exchange strangers. Like my grandmother, she's very extroverted and she won't even ask people's names. Mm-hmm. She, she'll just talk to them for absolutely no reason. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you know, as an introvert, I always have to have a reason. And I realized that I don't have to make that a thing. Like I don't have to have some kind of agenda when I approach a person other than just to be, you know, just to connect. So. That is a huge, that is a huge shift that happens um, to that, you know, for me is like, living from the inside out. Like I'm just, I have this, as you said, it's spontaneous, becomes spontaneous. And I think all of life is actually spontaneous unless we're in our heads and getting in our own way or there's some sort of belief. I think when you clear all of that, right, by by kind of making yourself approach these women in your dating age range, um, you know, day after day after day, you really kind of forced yourself uh, through the, the the fear. And this, by the way, just want to give you full credit, was not an exercise for me. Like you just decided you were going to do this. this is, I'm just, I just love this so much. Like you're just like, okay, well, I need more, so I'm going to do this thing. And I was just like, good for you. And then you're writing in the in the course in the um, support group every day, and all of the other students were getting like super inspired and being like, oh my god, Aaron. And they're all sort of like, okay, well, I started doing this too because Aaron's doing it, and so I'm going to do it. And it was just, it was this phenomenal like, and it came from just this spontaneous impulse to connect and and overcome you know whatever was there um and i think if we just if if when we live from that place life is infinitely more free uh you feel a lot more confidence life flows more effortlessly more joyfully more easily uh and more fearlessly and all of that just sort of comes to this place of just being like, oh yeah, I think I'm just going to do that thing where your grandmother is. Of course, she's naturally in that area, and I'm sure her her issues lie elsewhere. Um, but but from that place of just yeah, spontaneous self expression, I think that's the the closest thing potentially to our natural state. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's funny too because I, I think one of the reasons I wanted to start doing that was that I realized how much I was hiding behind technology. Um, I think nowadays it's very easy to become social strictly through social media or or what have you. And and those things, like, I'm not saying they're bad or anything like that, but um, I have realized that I sometimes use them as a crutch. Yeah. And a lot of people do. And you, yeah, it's like you realize, you know, why, why don't I have more things to do? socially it's like because you're on facebook or on you know one of these dating apps all the time you're not actually out there yep you know and it doesn't take the place of you know real interaction agreed bam nailed it i love it you pass move on (laughs) that's great awesome well aaron has been absolutely fantastic chatting with you thank you so 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 much for coming on and sharing your experience, um, I said this before we um, before we uh, got on or started the recording, um, and, and I'll I'll just I'll just share it here. Um, I, I told Aaron that it was it, you know, my intention of having him on was was not so much a, a commercial for my work, although it's going to end up being commercial for my work because you've done so incredibly well. Um, but really, what I wanted was for people who struggle with that. Um, anxiety with that fear, with um, the nervousness around people or fear of being yourself, um, to see someone who has gone through it because it's so easy to look around and be like, "Hey, I'm the only one who's like this." I used to feel that, um, or you know, it's this is just how I am, right? There's just like, "Oh, I go, this is just how I am." So that's not who you are. That's what you are doing, and you have a good reason for doing it. And when you realize why you're doing it then you can deconstruct that and you can let it go and 
you know, as you've just done so brilliantly, you know, these issues that I think people just assume are life, um, you're now on the other side of that and you can see that that's just not the case. Um, and, and I really, I'm, I'm really appreciative of you for, for sharing that so that people know that shit like that can be fixed. Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that you had me on. It's always, um, so such a reward to be able to have been part of this program. And mm. I just, you know, you know, love you so much and the guys so much, you know, everybody, you know, it's just been a really positive experience. Good, 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 good. I'm so happy. I adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, I'll see you in the next call. <laughs> see, you. see you back in the program. Thanks so much, Aaron. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.